Right, welcome to today's interview. Today is a wonderful guest. Fifth has agreed to join us for the New Life Academy podcast. And it's great to have you uh, have you along. It's uh, I've been listening to some of your music as a, as a preparation for this. And man, it, it's, it really hits home for, for an ex-witness. So yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. No problem at all, Jonam. Thank you for sending the invitation. You know, I'm happy to happy to speak with you. So, so for the five people listening who have been li- living under a rock and who don't know who you are, <laughs> do do you want to just uh, kind of in- introduce yourself and share a bit of your background in relation to, you know, where where, where you are now, but also where you mm-hmm. started with the organization? Sure. So, um, I into a family of uh, baptized Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, uh, my parents were, I guess you would say I'm third generation uh, because my, you know, my parents were witnesses or are witnesses, their, uh, their parents as well. And, um, you know, I have three older sisters, one younger brother, all of whom, uh, you know, are baptized. We're all baptized as, as young children um they're all regular pioneers as far as i know i haven't communicated with them for a few hours but um for for years they have been and and were regular pioneers um and you know i'm not sure how into the weeds you want you want me to get into it but but basically i left the organization i was disfellowshipped when i was uh or in in uh, april of 2016 and um i started doing activism in november of uh 2016 just released a video telling my story it kind of took off and then I realized that you know maybe I had something important to add to this whole ex-Jehovah's Witness conversation and um, you know I started doing a lot of interviews and things like that and eventually um, in 2019 I kind of revisited my love for rap music and uh, you know with my first single that I put out it was basically rap meets activism a bit you know, mm. where I basically told, um, you know, I told my story, which I think is unique in, in, in rap music. This this Jehovah's Witness shunning disfellowship story is I haven't really heard it uh, yeah. in, you know, presented in that in that form. Uh, so, you know, I put that out and, you know, that that uh, the video did pretty well. And, you know, now I'm just continuing uh, to create and, and do music. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, in, in terms of just a few years, because 2016 isn't that long ago. So, so in, in yeah. a short space of time, you've really, you've done a lot and you, you've come a long way. Um, what would you say was the, the kind of trigger? Would you say that you woke up, as we say, before you left? Was it like, yeah, this is rubbish and I'm going to leave? Or was it, mm-hmm. did you kind of wake up after being disfellowshipped as many people do? Yeah, so I, I I kind of say that I was partially awake, if you will, when I got this fellowship. It was kind of one of those things. It's always hard to, to tell a, a succinct or condensed version of this story. But basically what happened is I got to a point where, you know, the cognitive dissonance was really starting to take a toll on me. I was having a lot of questions that I couldn't really I didn't feel comfortable comfortable answering because or asking rather, because if you ask certain questions, people start to look at you kind of sideways and Mm. who have you been talking to and stuff like that, even though I hadn't been talking to anyone. So I just stopped going to the meetings uh, for a couple of months and, you know, just was depressed and uh, dealing with a lot of that. And then eventually I decided to basically try to give it another chance. And by the time I came around to try to give it another chance, 
I had something that I had to confess to the elders, you know, from that two month period. So trying to, I said, okay, if I'm going to come back and try to do this again, I might as well, like, you know, if I need to confess something, if I'm going to get in trouble, you know, I, I want to try to give Jehovah's to or I, you know, I don't know exactly what I was thinking at that time. Yeah. It was very emotional, not not as logical as I would have liked it, like the process to, to have been. Uh, but yeah, so I did that. I, you know, I went in, talked to the elders. I had a judicial committee and based off of the, you know, what I confessed to them, which was just, you know, hanging out with a girl. Um, they ended up disfellowshipping me for that. And so, you know, basically, so once I was disfellowshipped and I said, okay, now I'm going to really, maybe I'm going to, I'm going to start trying to go back to the meetings or whatever. But once I was unplugged, just kind of was like a, like a snowball effect. And little by little, the questions that I had just really started to out any belief or faith I had in this, in this thing. And I finally decided to do research, like maybe a month after being disfellowshipped you know, I finally started to look into some of the things that have been bothering me that led me up to the point uh, of that two month period where I wasn't going to the meetings and, and not following the rules as closely. Um, and so, yeah, within maybe a month, um, maybe a month and a half after being disfellowshipped, uh, I came to the conclusion that, you know, it was it was a high control group and that, you know, I had been I had been misled. Um uh, by by the entire system and um yeah that's pretty much kind of how it came about for me mm. so like belief wise it was a, a reasonably clean break for you in terms of, it wasn't like a drawn out process of like years of going like is it is it not it it was fa fairly condensed but i always say to people like clients so you can you can make a massive change in a short period of time that's not the issue it's, it's acclimatizing mm -hmm. to that and how that impacts your life and and how you can actually get balance after that so so what was the impact for you after arriving at that kind of decision being third generation obviously having grown up in it friends family how did that mm -hmm. unfold for you over the coming months uh, you're saying once I came to the conclusion that it wasn't uh, it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wise, it was kind of a, see the, the interesting thing about the, the expression of, uh, about a clean break is that there had been a lot of this kind of building up, but I just didn't act on any of it, meaning I didn't research anything. I didn't even allow myself to go there mentally all the way you know i was trying to push anything that would pop up i would try to either research it within their publications push it down whatever so it was like that was going on for for years as i was a ministerial servant i was in you know foreign languages I was into where the knee was great and all of it you know all of these different things that i was doing um and so and so yeah so you could say like once once i was disfellowshipped and did the research and stuff it was it didn't take very long but there was a lot you know that went into it um but yeah you know basically it was just kind of at that point it was just a clean slate and as far as belief it was just you know i just kind of made a commitment to myself that i'm never again going to going to be forced to believe anything um and you know i just took things as they would come when different ideas were presented to me i would just 
process them and see if they made sense. And if there were parts of it that I liked, I would hold on to it. If there were parts of it that I didn't, you know, I, I, I was giving myself permission uh, to do that and to not be dogmatic or to not be black and white about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as, as is very common in situations like mine, you know, obviously I, I lost everyone that I knew, um, including all of my family members, all of my friends. I basically didn't have anyone um, in my life. You know, I, I reconnected with a friend of mine that I knew from elementary school that was never a Jehovah's Witness who, ironically, I had tried to convince to become a Jehovah's Witness. I had like he had come to the memorial and he had done, done all these things just because like, you know, I was inviting him. Thankfully, he never took to it because then he would end ended up shunning me at, yeah. at the end, which would have been <laughs> some interesting irony. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, you know, it was basically him and, you know, a couple of other people that started to try to establish relationships and just, you know, just try to try to move on with life. Mm. Well, would you say for yourself was the most uh, the most challenging part of re- rebuilding your life? Because, uh, you know, some things we can just take in our strides and other things that they'll bother us more than others. And, and everyone's quite unique in that. What, what would you say were the, the things that, that were the most challenging that you overcame? Uh, yeah, I would say reestablishing a social circle, um, you know, because Jehovah's Witness, I, I really did try to follow the rules and I wasn't around people that weren't Jehovah's Witnesses, I wasn't even really around people who were Jehovah's Witnesses who kind of had one foot in, one foot out. Like I wasn't even in that circle. So I'm really like a fish out of water, you know, like um, I did really didn't have relationships with people who who thought any other way except this kind of hyper dedication and devotion to the organization. So I would say that has been the most challenging for me. And I've just made an effort to um, kind of go out there and get to know people, listen to people and realize that, you know, maybe I do have more in common with people than I would think or, you know, just trying to make sure I'm, I'm ridding myself of any um, prejudice I have towards towards these people, because that's really what what was instilled into us is a prejudice against people who are not you know, who don't follow this belief system, like they're, they're these bad people, essentially, or if they're not bad people, they're, they're severely misled and stuff like that. And it's, you know, um, one of those things is it it was, it's, it's kind of ironic for me, right? Because if, um, if people have seen what I look like, and I have this really long beard, but like a beard and growing up as a witness represents like, you kind of stay away from these people with beards, right? <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of like, because it's like a clear indication from afar, like, okay, well, that's that's an easy indication that I'm not supposed to be hanging out with people. And it would be weird. I would be hanging out. I have a beard, but I'm hanging out with people that have beards and I'm like looking around and I'm like a little uncomfortable. It was weird. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm not, <laughs> this is like, this is, it still doesn't feel normal for me, you know? So just, just little, little things like that, that, you know, I think is uh, a, a continual graduate things you just try to continue to, to get over, continue to kind of check yourself and say like, okay, um, is the way I process information still being heavily influenced by, by this thing that I'm trying to let go of, you know? And I think that's, that's kind of the constant challenge 
for me, I have to continually evaluate and say, like, okay, is this something I'm taking ownership of, or is this, you know, something that's related to that? Mm, yeah, that self-awareness is such a good point because otherwise yeah. it's, it's the autopilot. And so we could just go, oh, I feel uncomfortable, so I'll not be around those people. But but when you stop right. and look at yourself and think like, okay, why why is this happening? Is this me or is this someone else's idea? It's, the, the answer's often interesting, isn't it? Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so what, as well as that self-awareness piece, what's helped you to to move forward with that because like you say it's an ongoing process but but Mm -hmm. by definition you've made progress as well so what have been the biggest things that have helped you to do that you know i think for me i really it was very important for me to do all of the in-depth research um around what my former belief system was um and i think that was very important for me because these um, ideas are really drilled into you over and over and over and over. So to think you're going to just be able to walk away from that and not really kind of do the digging to overturn some of those things, in my opinion, it just doesn't work for most people, right? So you do kind of have to, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do that forever. You have to keep researching and keep digging and all of this kind of stuff. But I think you do have to do it to a, to a degree, you know, um, so that way it's easier for you to, for example, if something happens in the world uh, that, you know, there are some people who, if they haven't done the work, they can leave the, the religion and then something happens in the world. And they're like, oh man, were they right? You know, were the Jehovah's Witnesses right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's an indication that you probably haven't, you haven't done the due diligence or as much as you probably should do uh, to, to realize what happened to you mentally, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that can include therapy, I think, um, you know, again, that can also include just just researching, uh, reading books such as Crisis of Conscience by Raymond Franz or, or perhaps other Jehovah's Witnesses author, Jehovah's Witness authors. Um, again, especially at the beginning, you know, just trying to figure those things out. Um, and then, you know, I think for me, that was a vital step that I that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't skip. And then after that, just really trying to, um, you know, about myself like learn about what is it that actually makes me tick like what do I like what do I not like um you know what are my values uh trying to make sure that I don't let the fact that this entire group of people um the fact that they you know cut off communication with me and view me in a negative light and I'm aware that they view me in a negative light not allowing that to influence the view, my view of myself, you know, and that, it, it takes a lot of work, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, journaling, for example, you know, thankfully I have the music and I'm able to get some of those things out in the music. And that has been therapeutic for me as well. Um, just trying to be around good people that I have similar interests with it, similar, similar interests as who don't even necessarily have to have had the experience that I had, but they, are able to, um, they just appreciate and love me for who I am. So, you know, I can go to them and talk to them about how I'm feeling. And even though they can't relate completely, you know, I feel supported. And I think things like that are very, so you don't just feel isolated and don't feel, you know, so alone. Because I think that when you feel like that, that's when you start to make even worse, possibly dangerous decisions. 
And, you know, I think it's very important to try to uh, try to not go down that road. Yeah, I think a lot of ex-witnesses, when we leave, this is definitely the case for me. It's mm-hmm. it's like you go from a, a worldview where there's a rule for everything. And then when we, we leave that, then it's like, well, there are no rules. I need to figure everything out from scratch. And so, yeah. you know, a moral compass goes out the window and, and all the, these other the rules that we lived our lives by we're starting from a blank blank slate um how how did you go about how did you go about deal, dealing with that situation and and or what advice would you give to someone in that situation as far as kind of starting from a blank slate yeah yeah figuring yourself out figuring life out and like like you say you're what makes you tick your own rules your own standards your own moral compass all of those things that were decided for us previously yeah i think for me as i've kind of said therapy was very important for me um i i did uh very regular sessions of therapy for a long time um talk to people and just getting their ideas and listen you know listening to um other people the way that other people you know see things i think you have to be humble uh if, if nothing else this experience i think humbles you to a degree to make you realize like, okay, at one point I thought I knew the answer to everything. I now don't. So it's probably best for me to perhaps do some more listening mm. as opposed to, you know, trying to espouse my knowledge because now, if now more than ever, I realize, you know, how relative that is or how, um, you know, that knowledge is may not be all it's cracked up to be. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that was, I think that was very helpful for me. Just always trying to kind of keep that mindset. That's why the, like the, even the name of my album, one years old, you know, saying it kind of the way a child would say it, the idea is just, you're just kind of a sponge and you're, you're just, you're receptive to taking in, you know, new information. And I think that just kind of having that mindset, even though it hasn't been easy and it's still not easy but striving to have that mindset, you know, just having that awareness um, to have that approach towards things, I think has been very helpful. Mm. God, such a good point. And you, you mentioned something a second ago, which was a powerful one as well, which is not letting the, the opinions of, say, our family members affecting our opinions of ourselves. Um, right. th- there's a line in your song expressing something to that effect as well. And that was like a punch to the gut. I was like, holy crap, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's true. And, um, and and other than what you've already mentioned, is there, like, how, how have you been able to, to kind of reclaim that for yourself, where it's like coming to terms, coming to peace with the fact that, you know, that we may never see eye to eye and, you know, they may never be proud of us, but... But that that's but that we're on our path. Like, how did that realization come naturally to you, or was there like an epiphany moment? You know what? Uh, to be honest with you, it, I would I would just call it a work in progress. I, yeah. I still, you know, I'm I'm five years from coming, kind of coming to this initial realization, and it's still a process. If I'm being honest with you, you know, it's still a process. Uh, I still don't have the whole thing figured out. There are still triggers to this day, uh, you know, where I am reminded of, 
the family loss and, and, and things like that. So I still, I still have my lows. I think the only difference is the lows are not quite as low as they, as they used to be. Um, and I'm happy with that. You know, I feel like it's going to be, I'm, I'm happy to feel like it's going to be a gradual, you know, kind of a, kind of a gradual thing, but, um, but yeah, so just to make sure I'm answering the question, you're saying just in terms of, um, Sorry, can you give me the? Can you give me the? I just want to make sure I'm yeah, answering it. I'll try and ask in a more succinct way. <laughs> the, um, okay. Um, so, in terms of caring less about what other people think of us, whether mm-hmm. family, friends, whoever, and uh, and reclaiming that authority for your own self, mm-hmm. are there any things you found especially helpful in that particular piece of it? Okay. So, you know what I would say to that is many things that I have done since I've left that are outside of my comfort zone, but I basically forced myself, you know, things that normally, you know, previously would have made me think like, oh man, what is everybody going to say about that? Especially like the music thing, for example, for me, mm. it was something, there's a lot of, tre- you know, trepidation I would have probably just normally naturally had about it. Like, oh, how are these people going to respond? And you know, maybe I have this certain image in these people's minds, but now I have, you know, and whenever those things would come in my mind, I would say, I'm just going to do as long as I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I think when you when you do that, when you're just yourself and you lean into some of those things that are uncomfortable and then you realize that people really appreciate it. That's when I think you you realize that, like, wow, like there are actually people who really just love the person that I am without having to, you know, fit into these certain molds. And I think when you get that, that's just some additional, you know, reassurance um, that it's okay to actually just be yourself and to just go with whatever it is, you know, that, that you think, I think that that's, those are the types of things that kind of strengthens that resolve or help. They can help to strengthen that resolve in your mind to, uh, to just, you know, follow your path and try to do things that make you feel fulfilled. Mm. And when you do that, you give other people permission to do it as well. It's like, exactly. uh, you know, people see that and they go, well, maybe, maybe I have gifts, maybe I have talents and things that I can pursue as well. So it's definitely, a, it's fulfilling, but it's, it's like an act of service I see it as as well, where you can, you're not leading people to follow you, but you're showing other people they can follow their own, path for their own hearts absolutely and i think that's kind of my biggest thing you know it's like the music the rap this is something that that i love you know so when i get a message from someone they say hey you inspire me to pursue my dream of comedy or my dream of it, it doesn't even have to be an entertainment whatever it is you know go, going to school i always wanted to get a phd and now i'm gonna i'm gonna do it because it's you know that's that's true to me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm attracted to academia or whatever it is. And, and I think that's one of the most fulfilling uh, things about doing what I'm doing is that just like you said, I do feel like people realize like, wow, this, this guy's just himself and it's okay. Like I could, I could also be myself, even if it's in a completely different lane. And that's really what I want to, what I want to encourage other people to do. And I feel like that's the type of permission I would have loved had 
earlier in life, you know, uh, but here we are. And we're, this is the time that we're figuring it out. This is the time that we can give our, give our, you know, give ourselves permission. The present is a gift. I, I really do believe that. And so I think we have to just, you know, act, act now with the, with the information and the knowledge we have and just allow ourselves to be free. Yeah. You mentioned the theme of authenticity, um, mm -hmm. which seems to correlate into that, what you've just said as well. Mm -hmm. Have what have you found helpful with that? I know a lot of ex-witnesses, myself included, have battled with this thing of, of having to be kind of two-faced, having to hide ourselves from the outside world, like you mentioned earlier, questions we're not allowed to answer, thoughts we're not allowed to think. Mm -hmm. And even when we're out of the religion, that can be a habit that people bring with us, where it's like, I'll, I'll be a bit of a social chameleon and I'll, you know, I'll show people what they want to see rather than what I actually am in, in order to you know, to not be shunned, basically. And this is something that's mm -hmm. common for lots and lots of people. Is that something that you had to um, had to deal with? Or was was that not really on your radar? How, how was your relationship with that? Yeah, definitely. Because the relationships, you know, I think about relationship that your parent that a Jehovah's Witness parent, a, a devoted Jehovah's Witness parent has with their child, right? And I, I have a son now. And I just think of, I try to imagine what it would be like to love your child, but kind of on some level know that if they do this thing, you kind of, you're going to cut them out of your lives. You know, it's, it's, there's a part of me that is, uh, idea makes me even think like, are Jehovah's Witness parents, for example, even able to fully appreciate what it means to love their children without so many conditions you know it's just it seems so unnatural so the reason why i bring that up in relation to that question you just asked is things that we are groomed um we're brought up on conditional love like very conditional love and so it's easy to approach other relationships whether romantic or otherwise in that, in that same way, you know, where it's like, if, if I don't do these things and the people are going to literally like, you know, you're, you're, you're almost conditioned to where uh, if you don't follow a certain thing or you don't meet people's expectations, they can just cut you out, you know, completely. But for the most part, life isn't like that in just normal day-to-day -day life. Like, you can have different beliefs and opinions on things from your friends or from your significant other or whatever. And it's not a huge deal all of the time. You know, it's, it's not a, a, as big of a deal. So I think, again, it was just something that experience, you know, having different relationships and friendships and things like that. That is kind of what made me realize that I, I don't need to think of relationships in this, in this way, in this black, very black and white you know, way. And I, I think I found that to be, to be helpful. And again, just kind of many times I didn't feel motivated to you know, have relationships and to, you know, create friendships and stuff, probably because I felt a little bit jaded from the experience. I'm like, well, my mother doesn't speak to me. So like, why should I put effort into a friendship with this person? You know, and I, I'm not even saying that I've completely gotten over that. There's, it's still always a work in progress, but I think again, just, mindfulness and being aware of that I think a lot of the power just comes with 
with being aware of these things. Mm. And then as you kind of navigate through life, oh, maybe just that reminder, like, hey, you know, maybe you're approaching this in this this way because of that, you know, just that little reminder and that awareness, I think, is is very helpful and makes and, and helps you to, like, avoid some of those things, at least some of the time. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. What would you say is the biggest difference? Like, say, if you look at yourself today versus mm. who you were four or five years ago, like, what's mm -hmm. the biggest difference that you can see when you look at yourself there? Uh, I would say I hated myself uh, because I was never able to live up to this thing. It's not possible. You know, what, what you're... Uh, what you're striving to be in that ecosystem of whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses or anything similar, um, you know, if the programming is working correctly, you probably should just feel bad about yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. so you probably should just always feel that you're not good enough or that you're disappointing and saddening the the uh, most high of the universe. Like it's a, that's a lot of weight, especially if you think of having groomed, having been groomed that way as a child, you know? So that's something that I, I definitely dealt with very strongly. And it wasn't until I was able to debunk the, the belief system that I hating myself, basically. Now I, I, I love myself. You know, I, I, I literally do. It doesn't even mean that I picked or anything like that, but that's, see, that's the whole point. I don't, I don't have to be, I, I know that that's not the standard, you know? And, um, I think that biggest, the biggest thing is just life is is less. When you're trying to like make sense of things, you're kind of being forced to try to make sense of things that don't make sense. Yeah. It's just exhausting, and that's where depression and cognitive dissonance, all of that stuff, you know, and, and you know, leading to some very terrible consequences. So I, I at least don't have to deal with that part anymore. I know that those things that I was trying to make fit in my head. I, work anymore because I've decided that it, it doesn't work. It's just the what these people conjured up and it really doesn't have anything to do with me. It just affects me because I have people in there, you know, that have been important to me at one point in my life, but it's not, it has no bearing on uh on my life, you know, directly speaking, at least. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's I always find it interesting when we look back at like where we were and, and the kind of mess we were in and the thoughts you're thinking <clears throat> now and the things that are normal mm. to you now, just in terms of just feeling okay with ourselves, like right. the fact that that would be so alien to where we were. It's, I think it's a big message to, to all ex-witnesses where it's like, you know, look, whatever challenge that you're currently facing, it, that there'll become a point in the future where you look back and say, like, wow, that's, that's in the past now I've, I've moved right. on and mm -hmm. be become stronger, become more healed or more whole, which, you know, which is what you're doing and, and mindfully as well. You're not leaving it to chance. You're right. deliberately and consciously, you know, treating, treating yourself and your own life and your own mind as, as your work of art, as it were. Exactly. Yep. So in terms of what you're doing now, because I, I know you, so you said <laughs> you, you've done a lot of activism talking about your experiences and that's 
that's kind of shifted gears a little towards the the music side which is which is still touching upon that but that's that's also its own its own enterprise what what was it like for you to to actually start voicing these things and sharing your story and realizing that you weren't the only person and that uh, you know that, that you had something to say there you mean on the on the activism mm. side or on the on the music side as well yeah starting uh, starting with the activism and then however mm. that rippled out into the music as well yeah so you know when i when i released my first video in uh, November of 2016, uh, just, you know, a few months after being disfellowshipped and kind of coming to that realization. I just wanted to share my story because I kind of just felt indebted to others who had shared their story. And I knew that there was there were a bunch of videos that had helped me that really helped me heal when I was in these very dark places. So, you know, I wanted to do that. And then the video really took off. And, you know, thousands of and I started to, you know, read the comments and, you know, see how people were, were affected by it. And I think for me, it was very empowering because I think um, one of the one of the most difficult things for me about the whole process of the excommunication or the disfellowshipping is that you're basically kind of silenced, never to be heard from again kind of thing, you know. Like, I remember when I was a witness and people would leave if they didn't come back, it was just kind of like, they, they basically don't exist anymore. And mm -hmm. so this was, this was powerful for me because it was like, um, I was, I had realized I had a very loud and powerful voice. And I think that's a lot, that's something that a lot of us realize, even people who just release one video, you know, and you kind of see people's reaction to it and realize like it's just it's just very empowering um it just makes you realize that this group of this other group of people you know doesn't exercise as much control over you as you as you thought you know and um you know the fact that i'm able to help people in practical ways in their lives you know like when i was uh you know i've gone out of the country and and people have come up to me and told me, hey, you know, thanks to thanks to you, you know, my wife and my kids, they're not in this thing anymore. And like, you know, you you've really you've really helped us. You've really been interested. And I've never met these people, but but it's it's very empowering for me. So when I start to feel sad or feel down about my situation, I realize, again, just like, you know, the impact that I'm that I'm having, you know, um, on other people in their lives, the positive impact that I'm having. And that that's something that I um I really appreciate and don't take for granted. So I would say um, that that has been, you know, that has definitely been a big thing for me. What a difference to having to measure our worth on like numbers on a re report card at the end of the month. Right. So you can see the actual impact you're making where people's lives are like measurably better because of you being involved in it. And I think that's the difference between being in versus being out, that you have that realness and, and the richness mm -hmm. that life can have to offer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, that, that way of just kind of reporting time and this, this exercise that we did, it's just, it, it just in no way compares to, um, you know, being able to speak, being able to speak, truthfully and 
and you know see people's you know lives yeah, impacted and and you know when they express that to you it's just it's something that um you know it, it's just a reminder that you're on the right path and that you're doing something that's truly valuable mm. yeah because so many people are really scared of mm-hmm. being judged scared of being you know shunned ostracized all of those things and yeah. and be- because of that fear they end up putting this social mask up they end up kind of burying themselves burying their gifts under this you know this parade of of, of nonsense and it, and it comes from a place of fear which we understand yeah. but again when you break through that as as you are doing and as you you have done it's uh you know it's, it's really changing changing your life and changing other people's lives and another thing as well if, if you're if you're happy to to mention it is you, you've mentioned you're a father now as well and so raising raising your son how how is your upbringing as a witness and seeing the contrast like how has that affected your ideas of parenthood and, and how you want to raise your child or, or children in the future yeah i think one of the main things is really trying to focus on the things that my son is naturally like inclined towards like his natural gifts or his natural interests you know i'm kind of already seeing uh like for example it seems like he may have an inclination to music and so i want to put instrument i'm actually waiting on amazon today to deliver a little baby violin you know uh to the house just you know, just, just things that to where it's not me trying to impose anything on him, any type of belief. Like he doesn't even have to see the world the way that I see it now. I, you know, I, I want, I just want him to feel free to explore his own mind, you know, as he continues to develop. And I really try to just kind of be there as, you know, to protect him um, and, and, and guide him, in a way, just, you know, again, for protection, so he doesn't hurt himself or something. But at the end of the day, you know, I want, I don't ever want him to feel guilty for, for things that are just, you know, should be normal for a child, or feel like he has to bury any of his gifts or his natural abilities. And, you know, he's only a year and a half right now. So, you know, it's, it's early on in that process, but, but I'm, I just appreciate being aware of that and being cognizant of um, just just trying to, you know, I'm reading books on on how to, you know, let children express themselves and and, uh, you know, not to stifle creativity. And, you know, I try to put them in environments like, you know, just right before this call, we were walking around at the park and I just kind of let them walk and let them explore and, you know, let them you know, touch things and hear it make noises and just, you know, just so he can fully explore the world. You know, I don't want him to be, I think that's a big thing. I don't want him to, th- th- that term world was such a negative thing or worldly. Mm-hmm. And then you come to find out that worldly in a, in a real, just, you know, um, secular context is, is, can be a very positive thing, you know, mm-hmm. just being knowledgeable about the world and, and, um, having different experiences, you know, I want to take him to different countries. I want him to be exposed to a lot of things. Um, and I don't want to in a situation where somebody can present him some sort of, 
um, ideals and he just be taken in and brainwashed by them. You know, I want to be able to give him the tools to where when it comes across his his desk, so to speak, or he's that he's presented with. He, he's going to be able to go and he's going to learn how to research and he's going to know, you know, he's going to understand what logical fallacies are. For example, he's going to understand propaganda techniques and, and things like that so that he can kind of come to his own you know, conclusion. So I'm very excited about seeing that. And I'm hoping that, you know, I'm just hoping that I do a good job, you know, in that. Um, mm. And hopefully just that awareness will, will kind of keep me on my toes when it comes to that. How would you say being a parent's changed you? Assuming, assuming it has. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, there's no turning back from this and, and I'm not a parent yeah. myself. So, so how has it impacted you and your mindset and, and your views on life? It, it's, it's just, it's a love that I haven't experienced before, I think is, is one thing. Um, kind of realizing my capacity to care about another human on this level is um, it's a good feeling, I guess, just generally it's a, it's a, it's a very good feeling. Um, I think it has made me uh, want to learn about certain things so that I can share them with my son. You know, um, I want to be able to, expose him to different things so in order for me to be able to expose him to different things i'm i'm exposing myself to more things i'm trying to um gain like a broader knowledge and understanding of a lot of different aspects of life you know so that you know i'll be able to um kind of share that you know with him so i guess that's the thing it's like you you really prioritize this person or if you have multiple children you prioritize them um you know over yourself at least to a at least to a degree it doesn't mean you just don't care about what you want in life and things like that but you um you know you realize that this person really is a is a priority so i think in that way it is just you know i think i guess that's the change it has just made me um really really focused on this other this other person and making sure that they uh develop into all that they can be it, it must feel like a like you kind of dodged a bullet in terms of knowing the the uncondi- sorry the conditional love that, that you mentioned earlier where it's like you, mm-hmm. you have the the natural love and isn't it interesting there's that scripture talking about how you know they don't have any natural affection so there's right. the, the natural affection that's wanting to be there and realizing that you know five six years ago what, what you're currently experiencing as an amazing time of growth and learning and <clears throat> an exploration for yourself as well that that would have been um you know bottlenecks that would have been suppressed and like i can only imagine how much of a narrow escape that feels like to realize that oh well thank god i'm not you know not in that situation having to try and parent with those rules rather than being able to do what we're doing now Absolutely. I, I think about that a lot. You know, I think about even people who were, whether they were raised in the Jehovah's Witness thing or even kind of around it, you know, uh, had some sort of kind of connection to it. Some of these very strange uh, behaviors, antisocial behaviors, like cutting people off or whatever it is, you know, it, it really um, affects how you how you see things. And the fact that 
you know, at once my child was born, I have been out for several years. So that he's not really, really the only, the only introduction he's going to have to this is why have I not met my grandparents, you know, or why have I not met my, whenever that question comes up, we'll have to deal with it, but he's not growing up with this, you know, this mindset. So absolutely. I'm, I can't even imagine, um, you know, raising another generation into this, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's a great feeling to feel like, and it's, what's interesting is, so, you know, the reason I call myself fifth is because fifth is my suffix, you know, at the end of my name. So my dad is the fourth, my son is the sixth. So I can, you know, I continued it on, but there's, so even though, you know, keeping the, I can't, I've, I've, I feel like I've rebranded the name in my family, so to speak, you know, and I feel like, and that was, that was something that I kind of talked about. I know that I'm kind of going on a tangent, but that's something that I had talked about with people because I was going back and forth over like, okay, should I just end the whole, should I end this whole suffix thing now and just start fresh with a new name? And then I was thinking, you know what? I'm taking back ownership of this name, right? We're going in a different direction from this point forward. That's cool. And so I was, I was happy to, you know, and if he decides, if my son decides he wants to, he doesn't want to continue it on, that's fine. But that was, you know, that's just kind of one of those things that for me was like very, um, was a very powerful uh, just kind of thought that, you know, we're, we're, we're doing something new now and it's, mm. it's better than what's, what's happened uh, up, up to this point. That's really cool. I love the idea of rebranding yourself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, Absolutely. <clears throat> on, a, on, a, on a slight segue then into, into other things that you're bringing into the world as well. Obviously, you know, you've got your musical career and that's, that's a creative birthing process of, of its own kind. Like what's, what's on the horizon for you there? Like what are you, what are you busy with now that's, uh, that's moving you forward? Uh, mu- musically speaking, uh, yeah. Or if there's anything else that, that you're doing that I, I did wasn't aware of and should have asked about, but um, I think one one thing I'm getting really interested in right now is um, I think that that's something that I didn't focus on very much as a you know as a child. I think a lot of us have, or as you know, as a witness, a lot of us have um, you know parents that didn't really plan for. Ret- the end was going to come, you know, that whole thing. So that is kind of a, is, is kind of an exciting thing, you know, trying to create even, even financially a different situation uh, for, for my, for my son, you know, educating myself on cryptocurrency, educating myself on, you know, stocks or whatever it is, you know, things like that. I think that's, that's something that I'm like really uh, focused on, you know, right now. And then as far as the music, yeah, I'm I'm working on my second project um, right now. I'm trying to really do some uh, creative things for visuals, you know, for the for the music videos, and um, trying to just continue to put something powerful and, and meaningful, you know, out there out there for people. So yeah, I think there's there's great stuff on the horizon, and I'm just trying to busy myself with things that are that are positive and and try to constantly be around people um that give off that that positive energy and those positive vibes i think that's probably one of the most important things for me at this stage in my life Mm, yeah i do think it's true we become like the people we spend time around absolutely that's something i've found to be true Mm -hmm. sorry 
<laughs> I always, okay. I'll, I'll edit this out. I always <laughs> try and mute the okay. music when I come. Um, so, yeah, it's been great chatting with you today. And, and it's, I get this amazing feeling of momentum uh, chatting with you. It's, it's like, you know, like life's moving and it's moving on and it's moving to better things from, you know, where we started to where we're going. And, you know, it's, it's great that you're, you're not only doing this, but you're doing it very publicly as well. So, so other, other ex-witnesses and people from other backgrounds, I'm sure as well, can be, can be inspired by that. So, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today. Do you, um, do you want to share your, um, you know, your channel names and your, you know, your Instagram, we'll put the links in the description, but so people can, you know, check out what you're doing and follow and, and keep track of everything. Uh, yeah. So, um, firstly, I have a website, um, that's kind of, that is kind of a one-stop shop. Uh, it's recent. So I, I have to remember to, to mention it, uh, these, uh, but it's called official fifth, just all regular spelling O F F I C I A L fifth F I F T H official fifth.com. Um, and it has, Oh, it has a uh, link to my YouTube videos and all those kinds of things. So that, that's probably the main place that, um, you know, you could go to kind of connect with me. And then on that website is where you'll, you'll see, for example, YouTube channel, uh, which is fifth. Uh, the, uh, my Twitter handle is official, the number five TH on Instagram. It is official, the T-H-E, fifth, F-I-F-T-H. Um, so yeah, you can find me, you can find me there and, um, and kind of keep up with what I'm doing. Yeah. Brilliant. And I, I highly recommend that as well, because it's uh, yeah, really cool. I love it. So Thank thanks you, very much for, for joining me today, Fifth. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon. And, uh, and I'll share all the links to your, uh, to your material in the comments. And when I send this out by email as well. So look forward to sharing that with people. Right on. Thanks a lot, Jonah. Once again, it was a pleasure, pleasure speaking with you. Love your platform and keep, keep up, uh, keep doing what you're doing as well. Thank you. Will do.